Welcome back to the Bible Study Girl podcast. I think I forgot to introduce myself last time, but I'm Bible Study Girl. (laughs) You may know me as Sarita, but I'm Bible Study Girl. And today um, we have Bible Study Brother, executive producing on the mic, working the board, the ones and the twos. You you, know? You know what? What's good, people? It's your boy. Acres Gray, also known as Bible Study Brother in this medium. Yeah. So um, we decided to have a sit down, talkity talk about last Sunday. Last Sunday was Bible Study Brother's licensing sermon. Um, or whenever you're hearing this, um, it's already happened. That's right. It's happened. I'm saying you're right because it comes out on Saturdays. But anyway, point being, yeah, your licensing sermon has come mm-hmm. and gone. And so we're going to take some time today to talk about what the experience was like for you, things you gained spiritually, um, any battles you are facing, all those important things yeah. um, when you sign up for a life of ministry. So it's been um, different. I got lightheaded there for a second and I was like, whoo. Did you? Yeah, a little bit. Um, but I've never had a pass out situation in my life, so I think it anyway. Um, it was different. Like the sermon of accepting was you know, like I knew what I was doing, but at the same time I wasn't expecting like a huge turnout or anything like that. I was expecting people to be there, but I wasn't like um looking for like full pews or anything i was just looking for you know we didn't get to do all the stuff that we wanted to do so i was a little disappointed by that and but i was like you know let's just focus on the message and focus on what it is that you're gonna do and focus on you know when i had decided that i was gonna accept focus on um just making sure you're doing it for the right reasons which is why i wasn't like focused on telling like a million people this is what I'm doing versus this one being publicly I've accepted and publicly this will be the first time that people can come for me um in a way and that was spiritually different okay um can you talk to me about leading up to that day how did you get prepared uh well I just start to look for phrases so um, because I'm still a young student of the Bible, I'm not a, I don't constantly read every day. I've never been that person. Um, because for me, a lot of the time it's about experience, um, and understanding and seeking God. And then, you know, as scriptures come to me, I see them in real life context versus reading them absent of it. Um, and how I prepared or have been preparing for all of my sermons is I'll get a thought about something, you know, my pastor will ask me to do the, had been asked me to do the children's messages, which I was calling speeches and so on and so forth. But when he'd asked me, I'd start thinking about what's something that I can say. 
And then majority of the time, God will come with an analogy, which is funny in terms of, you know, how God teaches people with parables. And so I think about it, I think about it, and I get something. And then when I get whatever it was, so say if I wanted to explain how peanut butter and jelly is sacrificing yourself to God. So then I'm thinking about peanut butter and jelly. I'm thinking about the compounds of peanut butter and jelly. What, what makes it a good sandwich, but what then makes it a spiritual connecting point for people? So where do I start by giving them the realistic aspect of it? And then where can I pull back the cover and show that it was God? Um, God gives me that normally about somewhere in the middle because I like think on it. I'm I'm obsessing on it. And then it just kind of falls into my lap. And then by that point, then he just works with me on structure. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't write anything down, which is funny given how much I used to write everything down. But the order, like I literally, I wake up. And the thought will be this point, this point, this point. Um, you know, like I'll come out of dreaming and it's okay. You can use this. This is how you connect this. And then, you know, I'll, throughout the day, I'll look for some things um, to kind of ground it more. I'll find the scriptures. Um, I try and find the scriptures last um, only because not because I don't want to be led by the scriptures, but I want to be led by God and then have the scriptures as supplemental foundational things to concrete what he's given me. Um, Cause I think sometimes certain preachers can have a tendency to you stick so tightly to the word in a way that you don't give them the living breathing aspect of it. Um, how does this live? How, how does this exist in a daily occurrence? Um, how is any parable going to make sense to someone today if you don't know how it's making sense for you now? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the same way in math, like a lot of the times we're doing the things that they ask us to do in calculus and, you know, uh, trigonometry or whatever daily. But if you don't make those connecting points for some people, then it just seems like jargon. It seems like something that's un- un- unattainable. So leading up to it, it was just a constant, thought process of you know wake up I think about this I listen uh, on my way to work I'll listen to gospel songs kind of surrounding the thing that I'm doing Um, he's released songs that were perfect for the things that I was doing Um, and so I like meditate on those things and then I go throughout my day and then I kind of just like whenever I get like an off day then it's like okay Think about this, focus on this. And so that's, that's, that was my preparation prior to. Were you nervous leading up to licensing? No. This one, no. No. Because um, this was more, you know what I'm doing. Like, it's not like some secret. Like, I can just focus on the, the message. I'm not orchestrating anything for the day. I'm not, um, you know, I'm not organizing. I'm not a chair. It. I can literally focus on the thing that, I do, which is talk in front of people. I want to talk about your sermon. You preached what is forgiveness. And we had talked about our story and our struggle Mm -hmm. with forgiveness. Was that instantly the first thought you had when you knew that you were called to preach? Like, that's the sermon I need to preach. Immediately instantly you like it wasn't even a like I remember around the time that I was like picking the day 
or something. I think I said something to you like about I might have or I don't know, but um, it just fell. Um, and it was like, you know, initially I didn't have the reasons why God wanted me to do that one first, but it revealed itself in things that were happening around me in my interactions on, on different levels and just understanding what it means to, to minister to people. I will say that one of the most profound statements that you said during your sermon that stuck with me is that you cannot begin a life of ministry if you were holding on to things um, that were not of God. You couldn't hold on to unforgiveness and go out and serve him. So for me, that was like one of the most profound points because that's so very true. How can you minister to my people if you're not willing to work through the issues that you have. I've heard um, pastors say this before, ministers say this before, and I. it is true for myself in the blog. I don't write about anything that I'm not going through. And so I think right. that is why your sermon hit home so much for me because I know that forgiveness is something that you are. Mm-hmm. I'm something, it's something that we are all continually working on and working out most parables in the bible that have been read that have been used are always about but can you do this for somebody can you give this to somebody can you receive a forgiveness and give it back can you give to someone without requiring that they give something back um there, it's about an exchange, and and like I tried to explain in the sermon, it's not equivalent, and it doesn't have to be, mm-hmm. because since our creation, it wasn't equivalent. There was nothing we could have given back to God to deserve being created. Exactly. Um, there was nothing we could have done, given, um, you know, the fall to recoup at said time he had to give us that you know so it's inherently about your intent and who you are on the inside and to step into the ministry and hold on to unforgiveness to hold on to anger i mean there's stuff you're gonna struggle with yeah and i'm not even that's 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 not like uh you know removing that um but there are certain things you cannot do because um, if you're holding unforgiveness, like I said, it blocks everything from you. You're not giving to somebody else. You're going to be tormented and torture. You'll be a tortured soul, uh, because you have not yet paid what you owe, which is forgiveness, yeah. not only to that person, but to yourself. And you're not giving it to that person because you expect them to do something different. You're doing it because, I'm not going to be held by this spirit. I'm not going to be held by my anger, my sadness, my depression, my um, angst, my self, my uh, low self-esteem, my anxieties, all of that. You give that person power to hold over you because you sever those ties. Um, there's power in the tongue. And if you forgive and you let go, then why would you not be healed from that? You know, there's steps still to take in letting God heal you. Yeah. Um, but you have to come to that. You have to realize um, that it's not how it's taught to you. And 
and that was another thing that I saw, like how it's taught to us. You always think that there is some level of equal grounds when you're forgiving somebody. And also that you would feel good about it. It doesn't always feel like um, it's not always easy. Forgiveness is a choice and you have to make that choice every day. Every day. I forgive you. I'm moving on. Okay, so I went into the meat of the sermon, but yeah. I wanted to talk to you just about your day in general. How did the day play out for you? Did you have any expectations of the day that... <sighs> what did... Okay, let's do it this way. In your mind before the day came, how was the day going to play out? In my mind before the day came, the day was going to the day was going to play out that there was like the church was just going to be packed like in my head, like mm-hmm. because you know, doing this thing and seeing people having an opportunity to to come to something to actually be proud of me. Because in a lot of ways, I don't think I've done a lot for people to be proud of. Um, That's always been something with me. You know, I've seen more people. I try not to think about the people that come and support you or come and support other people and come and support these things. Um, Because I'm not as accomplished in a lot of different ways. Um, and so what I thought about before then was like, you know, I'm really doing it. There's going to be a lot of people that are coming to say that they were there and in the sermon and in, in, in constructing, I was like, and I forgive them too, you know, because I don't want you to come just cause you wanted to be there. I wanted you, I want you to come because you're coming to get the word mm-hmm. and you earnestly know in your heart that I'm not a person who would do this haphazardly. I'm not a person who would do this for clout or I'm not even doing it for money. Like I just doing yeah. it because I want to do it. Yeah. People do not go into ministry for money. You know, like, I mean, some people might, but that is like, do y'all know y'all people don't pay their time anyway. Go ahead. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, you know, that, that was my expectation was just a bigger, grander, um, celebration in a lot of ways was was that kind of thing like seeing people come from out of nowhere that hadn't been there all of that and kind of like again being faced with the thing that I was preaching about is yeah. was my expectation okay so let's talk about the actual day you had your expectations this is mm-hmm. what you expected to happen what was the day like when you walked into church how about let's Let's start when you saw your beautiful sister's face. I came with my blue dress on and my heels and I brought my camera and I was ready. We can start before then. Okay. Just because there were like, because I, um, I got up earlier than normal. Um, and I got to church probably about nine 50 church didn't start till 11. Um, and I walked into the sanctuary because I needed to feel the empty. Um, and what that means is I had to remind myself in a lot of ways when I was, uh, performing, which eventually I will be performing again, rapping and all that other stuff. But when I started performing, there was no one there and it never bothered me because I wasn't doing it because I like inherently wanted people there. I figured it would like pay for itself at some point. Sure. But I did it cause I love music and I know I'm good at it. Um, and so it never bothered me if there was one person in the crowd, if there were no people in the crowd, if my family wasn't in the crowd. And I said, that's trained me for today, and that's how you need to think about it. So I dropped the expectation of, I don't care who comes, 
Like, I know that there will be people here, um, but that's not what this day is about. And I need to remember that and be here while there's no one here and remember what I'm doing. Yeah. Um, so then when you came in, you know, it was at that point I was like, okay, people are starting to get here because I was early enough that we wouldn't have been there because, you know, it's not close to service and not mm-hmm. close time going on. And so, you know, seeing you, then made me be like, okay, well now I can like, you know, I still have to wait to see the decorations that they put up that I had found out about that. I was like, I don't know if this is supposed to be secret, but I feel like y'all are talking about something in front of me. Um, and it wasn't like it secret. Wasn't secret. It wasn't a secret. I mean, but you it was knew just like, we were going to decorate. Yeah, but but it was more. You like, didn't know what the yes. decoration was gonna be. And so you know, it started there with where I was like, okay, now people are coming. And then like, because when you came in, it was like, okay, now the floodgates of people starting to come in, started to come in. And it was like being on one of those um, roasts or like what I can't even think of the show where it's like it would be like a celebration of somebody, and they'd be like. Do you remember this person? Like, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Like, there this used to is be your this life. show. This, this is, is your life. Yes. <laughs> like, I couldn't, like, in my head, that's what it felt like. And I wish I would have remembered that, you know, like, yeah. it's your second grade teacher, miss, you know, yeah. <laughs> whatever. And that's what it felt like. So then when family started coming in, like, and the first person to come in was a cousin that I did not expect to be there. Mm-hmm. Um, I figured he'd be working or something like that. And so I'm like, oh, no. Like, I'm going to cry. Because at that point, like, I don't ask for a lot. I don't like I ask for like I said in the sermon, I ask for food. And if I really need something, I ask money bags. You know, (laughs) but outside of that, like majority of the time, like when I'm asking money bags for something, I've gone a while without asking. Like more so than what she would prefer and what most people prefer. Like if you had asked then it wouldn't have been this. It would have been, you know, but like Mm -hmm. I don't like asking. So, you know, to see all these people start coming in the door, it was a a rush of emotions that I couldn't contain because this time I earnestly know that you're here for me mm-hmm. and discernment wise. I can tell the difference um, between those that were there for me and then those that were there, like I said, because they wanted to be there um, to be seen more so like it was about what they garnered from the exchange. Um, and so, like, at that point, I was like, OK. You're going to get all of it out. You're going to get yourself together and get ready to do this. Like, mm-hmm. you know, it's fine. And it was like a week or two, week, two, three weeks, I think, before I said it, we'd gone out to eat for um, mom's birthday. And we were talking or mom was telling me about one of our cousins that was talking about some stuff about this, that, and the third. And then the, the, the punchline is he said, your great grandmother and your grandfather will be proud of you. It was like they always said there was gonna be a or somebody had always said there was gonna be a best in the room. Like, well, it ain't me. Yeah. <laughs> and so it was at that point that I realized the people that weren't gonna be there, I hadn't even thought about it. Mm-hmm. Had not crossed my mind. And so now I'm breaking down because again, like I said, I have not done a lot in my life that I feel like people are proud of. Um because I just don't hear it often. So it's not a lot of situations where I'm being told, you know, I'm proud of you for doing that thing. Like, I'm not saying people aren't congratulatory in a way of like, hey, you did really good. And like, to me, I should probably translate that, but I don't. Okay. So um, all these people coming in, you know, it was crazy. So as we're 
all these people come in and then you're like, hey, come with me a second. I'm like, no, I asked you, I said, do you oh, want yeah. to go look at the room now or do you want to do it after the sermon? It's up to you because I don't know where you are. And I was like, well, now, because normally when you ask questions like that, it's for a reason. And so I'm glad I was like, yeah, let's go ahead and do this now. Um, and so we walk around the, the corner into the fellowship hall. And you had a table full of all of my family members, both sides of my family that um, were not able to be there because they have gone on to glory and mm-hmm. gone on to be with our Lord. And I couldn't control it again because he could, he could not. I was like, maybe this should have been after the sermon because I don't know if you're going to be able to come back from this. No, and I needed it then because I wouldn't have been able to, like, I wouldn't have wanted that after. Yeah. Um, And you didn't take pictures of that. Thank God. You did give me the first time that I was having my crying small fit. Oh, yeah. I didn't. Why would I take pictures of you having a. Because I was having a real. Well, because, I mean, at the same time, like, you do have a good eye for the Documenting the moment. I mean, it was a moment. I briefly considered it, but, like, it was just a moment. There just needed to be a moment. But I wanted to show you, you do have a cloud of witnesses that are cheering for you and that are applauding you, um, even though they couldn't be there physically, you know, on the other side, they're encouraging you. And because ministry is hard. Mm -hmm. Just being a Christian is hard, but ministry is hard. Um, I don't know. So I just wanted you to be in encouraged it was big um like i said it was just one of those things where i'm looking at people i would have loved to have been there but i didn't think about it because i don't because emotionally i capped myself in a lot of different ways which is also what's hard about ministering is because i opened that back up yeah um because for a lot of people they're like well you seem like you're always emotional i said majority of the time i'm still capped like so that should tell you something that you know in terms of emotions or whatever um you know i have a different professional sense of how i am at work versus um how i am with friends versus how i am at home because a lot of time i'm like well i don't want people to be pushed back by this and i don't want to seem like i'm some big emotional baby but i appreciate people so it was it was it was it was, it was a lot you know I'm basically saying everything before it just like it was there was a lot of emotions and it was a lot of earnest appreciation because it's for the first time in a long time like even at the wedding like y'all are here for me but you're here for us yeah and you you kind of hear the party <laughs> you know versus this is like no there might not have been a reception yeah. after like you're just here for me and so it was a different kind of level of appreciation awesome so you get up in the pulpit, deliver the sermon. How do you feel during the sermon? How do you feel after? During, I felt this relaxation. Um, it, it felt a lot more cloudy in terms of not delivery, but just like where I was at. You know, initially I was like, I knew what my sermon was. I knew the points I wanted to make, you know, for the first one. Whereas this one, it was like I had the points and it's like I was going through it. I didn't even realize how long or short it was. Shorter than what I thought it was, I guess. 
but like it was like all of these points that he was just throwing at the side of my head. And so like I would get one and then I'll have to like hold myself <laughs> so I could stay where he told me to stay and then lead into the next thing versus like trying to jump ahead of myself. Mm-hmm. Um, because like he would hit because when he hits me when thoughts is like, oh, oh. Oh, and like that that's that's how I am. I'm like, oh, and this part makes sense with this part. Mm-hmm. Um but working through me during was just like the best. Um it was harder to kind of like the first time it was easier to kind of not see people versus this time I saw everybody. Mm-hmm. And like I'm seeing each and every person, but I'm trying not to um react again. I'm trying not to lose myself. And I didn't. Because at this point, like I said, I was steeled in the fact that I know what I'm doing now. Okay. Or I know what he's asking me to do, I should say. So, we get done with the sermon. You get a chance to fellowship with everyone that's come to support you. Um, people that have prayed for you. Mm-hmm. What was that experience for you? That was different. Because like I said, this is one of those moments where it's like, they are happy that you're doing this and it means something important to them as much as it means to you. This is different. You know, this is something that's huge. I was also looking for like whatever craziness was going to happen. Now the craziness is happening now. It wasn't just on the day, you know, the devil was busy. Cause like, the, my first sermon after directly following was the the notice that Kobe Bryant had died um, versus, you know, this week with everybody kind of being either off for two weeks and stuck in the house for a month, tissue paper gone off shelves, like being in a place to where it's like now be a minister, mm. you know, and that kind of, yeah, you had a good, you, good. You had a good day. Yeah. But now it's the work and the attacks and Oh, the attacks was heavy. Yeah. And it was like heavier than anything that I've ever felt. Um, I mean still going through said attacks, you know, it it went from um, you know, Monday morning I get a call from my wife and my mom's car that she's been driving like broke down and she's on the side of the road. And, you know, now I got to figure out, well, what do we do? Mm -hmm. Um, The next day, going and looking for her car and finding something. But, you know, it then presenting the problem of, okay, well, now you got to pay these sales tax and you got to pay all this other stuff. And you got all these things on your plate versus the next day, you know, I got coworkers who are having people in the hospital and having to leave and now I have to like work more Mm -hmm. um whereas you know I had a a more flexible schedule to not really having one uh to the coronavirus getting here and like well it started out in well there's a case in it started out there was a case in Pine Bluff and then by the end of the day the schools were closed Mm -hmm. you know and it was just this rapid quickness and all the while you know he's still sitting at work working I'm tired I'm exhausted and trying to kind of figure out what I'm what I'm doing um 
because as people kind of treat me a little bit differently, just in a sense, like I, I, I cuss like a sailor. I'm working on it. I'm not the cussing pastor, so I ain't saying I'm doing that in the, in the pulpit. But to be honest and earnest, you know, that's something that is me. That's how I talk. That just I don't I have a professional sense about me and always have and always will. Um. So. The attacks was something I, I don't think I was directly ready for. And trying to step into leadership and be a husband and be what I need to be for my household has just been difficult mm-hmm. because it the importance of it is is way heavier. I mean, it was already important, but now being an an important ambassador, important connection point, um, it's something that I know that I'm gonna have to work extensively harder to continuously rise up to the challenge, so to yeah. speak. So, all in all, um, great day, but the transition into life has been a little it's rocky. it's been it's been rocky because been rocky. you know, like God is leading me through things. Like I, I said, you know, I remember trying to find what I'm supposed to be doing. Um, you know, I know the job that He has me placed at currently um, is not my forever. Um, I know that, you know, my intent when he gave me the job is to can to start using my talents. You know, that was my request is that if given another chance to do what I could have done in my other job where I had like more freedom, more time to work on myself, work on the things that he wanted me to do. I'm not going to abandon the opportunity to invest in myself. And so, like, you know, when all of this stuff is going on and, and happening, I'm just like, Lord, I don't know what you want me to do. Like, even when I accepted, like I said, you know, I wasn't looking for money, but I was looking for the full guidance of what I was supposed to be doing. You know, I'm about to give myself completely and utterly to your will, your way, um, the things you would have for me to do, um, how you would have for me to do them. Just show me how. Show me how to make sure that my home is safe. Show me how to transition to um, home. Show me how to transition into family. Show me how to transition into working for myself. Um, and we're not there yet, but the promise that he made at the top, at the starting of the year was, you know, by the end of the year, I, my gifts and the gifts of my family, the gifts of those around me would provide. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'm just, trying to hold on through the storm um which is a daily difficulty for anybody i get that you know whether you believe in god or not your difficulty is make it home yeah you know and with everything going on like most people are in a panic and a hysteria about making it home you know like um so being what i need to be as a man of god is that transition of, of things is, is, is a little bit more difficult than, I mean, I expected it to be this difficult, but like the actualization of that difficulty is yeah, still actually surprising. walking it out is something completely different. Is there anything else you wanted to share that I didn't even think to tap into a question or ask you about? Cause um, I always like to leave the floor open um, for your thoughts. My mental state changes. Like I said, I, I was telling you earlier, um, in a previous recording um, that I see things differently. So 
I see the testimonies and things. I see the connection point and things. I see where God was telling somebody like this was this. Yeah. Like you might not have seen it in the moment because, you know, we were dealing with it. We were frustrated with it. Um, the same way I told my wife when we got the car, like, yeah, while well, we're trying to figure out how to pay sales tax and do all these things, this is an investment in us. You know, this allows you to do different things with your gifts and not be in a position where you're trying to like stuff all your filming equipment in a two door Corvette something, you know, like yeah. or in a little clown buggy. It lets that little clown buggy be, you know, how you could in the jokes and stuff like eight different people would get out of that car. Mm-hmm. Like he provided for you in that way to show that he can do bigger and better. And so like, I'm not the same way with you. I'm not worried about how he's going to make a way for me. I just know he will. And even when I'm frustrated, I, I voice it. Yeah. And, you know, I say like, Hey, I, I don't know what's going on. I'm frustrated. I'm upset. I'm perturbed. I, I am more open with, my seeking of the Lord. Um, I'm working on my scriptural foundation Mm -hmm. and trying to read. But again, like I was saying earlier, like I don't want to get caught up in reading in a way that leads me down the same path that people have been down because that's not what he's asked me to do. Um, So I interpret the word and make sure that I'm interpreting in his way and the way he wants me to connect it to people in the way that makes me unique in the pulpit versus trying to structure it scholarly and like in this way that removes a lot of feeling because that was my big find with my sermon is that people just think that forgiveness is an act. They've like removed any mental, anything from it um, in a lot of different ways. And that was asinine to me just because how is there no emotion in forgiveness? How is there no emotion in doing anything for God? Because we are created by him. If if we had to suffer through, um, not suffer through, but God's wrath in general, there's still more. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, that was my big takeaway is, you know, the living, breathing, the living, breathing, the living, breathing. That's what you have to speak about. All right. Well, do you want me to be my outro guy? Thank you so much for sharing your experience with yeah. your licensing. Um, and just as you get ready to embark on the ministry at the beginning, the beginning of a great adventure. Um, as always, um, I still start his blog post every day at BibleStudyGirl.com. Make sure you follow her on Instagram underscore Bible Study Girl. On Twitter, Bible Study Girl to the number, and then email any testimonies, concerns, questions to Bible Study Girl 2019 at gmail.com. And remember, it's not I preach, it's not you preach, they preach, us preach, it is we preach. And until we meet again, guys, keep preaching. Yeah.